in a world where dogs offer Wi-Fi. <laughs> There's only two men who can plug in the Ethernet cables and hack the fur frame. <laughs> we are those men. Hi, welcome <laughs> to Geek Film Critic, where we explore the best, worst, and most middle in the world of cinema. I'm Luke Jackson, I'm your host, I'm your best friend, and I am your dirty little secret. Don't don't tell your parents about me. Hush, um, hush. And with me today is a very special guest, uh, a very good friend, and a sometimes lover, Max Hartley, who is also your best friend. And what else are you, Max? You're our best friend. Uh, and what I'm else? also your, uh, your Geek Squad uh, tech guy that you leave a bad review for, and uh, the guy who throws popcorn at you at the movie theater for no reason at all. I love it. What What a... What a pleasure it is to have you on the show, <laughs> Max. It's great to have you here. I'm excited um, to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. And so this week uh, we're doing a very special movie, uh, Birds of Prey. And uh, Max, why did you want to, to do this movie? Why did you want to come on this week? What was it about Birds of Prey that tickled your fancy? I am a huge fan of just all superhero movies. I love to see them. I love to see different ways they're told. I'm also a fan of the comics, so it's always interesting to go and see what the director sees as important to the characters and their story arcs. And so yeah, this, this movie hooked me instantly when it was like trailer reveal, going to be in theaters. I was like, yep, going to see that. And so is this your how many is this your second viewing of the film or did you see it when it came out in theaters? I saw it when it came out in theaters, and then this is, I think this is my only my second viewing of the film, but I had the pleasure of showing my partner, who's not into superhero movies, the film, and so I got to see an outside perspective. Oh, that's always interesting. Mm -hmm. So I watched this movie without my partner by my lonesome, and I, I, com I come from the same place where I just have always kind of been obsessed with these superhero movies. And mm -hmm. while they've become quite exhausting over the last few years, I, I cannot stop myself from watching every one that comes out. Right. <laughs> so that's where I was at. And I hadn't had the chance to see this one. I kind of skipped it. I wasn't super interested in it when the trailers came out, especially because I was kind of in a place where, I don't know, all superhero movies were the same and I wasn't loving them so much. But I figured yeah. that I would catch up on them now. And so that's where I was at. Yeah. And so uh, what we're going to do next is we're going to try to, um, it's going to be difficult, but we're going to try to get the synopsis of this film. We're just going to try to provide it to our listeners in 30 seconds. And I'm going to add an added challenge. I do this every week. I'm going to add an added challenge where what we're going to do is we're going to go one word off of each other. So I say a word, you say a word. In 30 seconds, we're going to try to Amazing. manage. <laughs> Maybe we'll do 45 to to kind of give us some more breathing room because we are there's two people so we'll do 45 seconds and um let me know when you're ready and i'll start the timer and i'll start with the first word okay i think i'm ready all right harley quinn just broke up with the joker and now she's Protecting a little curl from oh boy, um, from <laughs> the mob. Do you say Bob? Mob, 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 king, <laughs> and there's 
Yeah, three seconds. Other girls. Oh, there. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Harley Quinn just broke up with the Joker, and she's protecting a little girl from the Mob King with other girls. <laughs> There you yeah, go. I think that's essentially what this movie is about. And uh, let's just start right off with some of the good things. We'll start positive. And Max, you go ahead and just let me know some of the most positive things that you found in Birds of Prey. Oh, man. I found a lot of them personally because I always enjoy this new – it's not technically new from the comics perspective, but like it, this funner idea of Harley being an independent woman and being her own person – it's really it's really cool. It's really uh, just wholesome to see in the weirdest way to call it wholesome. Um, the yeah, opening I totally crawl, I totally agree yeah. with you there. Yeah. But like the, the opening crawl, I think a lot of movies do that. This movie does it, though, really well, especially for people who don't know the character. Like it pinned her character down and her backstory so well in such few words and also with a fun animation. And I was like. It's a delight to see. If I if someone ever asked me what's Harley Quinn, just show them that opening crawl. <laughs> That's yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that was a really fresh way to do it too, because obviously, I feel like I feel like there is this weird, um, I don't know, desire for people who make superhero movies to always give an origin story, even when it's like mm-hmm. an origin story we've seen a hundred times. Like, there's never yeah. been a Batman movie without the Batman origin, and so. While obviously coming from a place of reading the comic books, I knew Harley Quinn's origin. I was really impressed with how the, it was quick. It was fun to watch. And I, and I wasn't like, oh, great, more of this. And I, so I totally agree that I think if I was ever, anyone was like, well, who is Harley Quinn? Just show them that first three-minute little segment. And it, it did a really good job of setting the tone for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think they also did a good job with just like making the villain hateable. Like yeah, there's obviously totally. a level where they make it too hateable or they make it not hateable enough, but I think they walk that line perfectly. Cause again, they're, they're trying to show um, like women power and I'm bad at describing these words cause I'm bad at words in general. So I feel like <laughs> saying that's a little derogatory, but like they did a good job at making the villain, like the epitome of what the, the baloney that women have to deal with baloney being the kind word there. Yeah. And so no, I, I, I thought that was a nice way to, make a villain yeah i had a lot of the same thoughts too where it was it was very good at presenting this girl power which is very uncommon in the genre and it Mm -hmm. did so well very effectively presenting kind of kind of like the stereotypical douchebag male baloney male as as the kids are saying but uh, (laughs) i was really impressed because you know, I was reminded of in Endgame, there's that really horrible the girl power scene in Endgame where it was just oh, kind of yeah. rough. And they're like, yeah, we have six characters. So let's throw them all on screen. But then at the same time, Iron Man still needed to come save them all. So it didn't really. Anyways, mm-hmm. That's a whole whole other topic. But mm-hmm. I was really impressed that this was a female-led superhero movie that didn't feel like it was trying too hard to be a female-led superhero movie. It was just a superhero movie that had females in charge. And I think that's what we need more of instead of this exactly. weird Exactly. They didn't need another female. male figure there to help guide the story. Like, every plot point was guided by a female character. Exactly. And so, and last week I watched, or two weeks ago, I watched Alien, which is another really great yeah. female-led action film. And so, mm-hmm. again, I just, like, I was able to contrast the two of them and kind of just appreciate this 
approach, which is unfortunately much too rare in cinema right. today, where there are strong female characters who are just strong female characters and they're not trying to prove anything other than the fact that they just kind of exist and they kind of kick ass. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I just want more of these, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that, that movie. I, yeah, exactly. I think, I think it was a really fun movie. It was very bright and loud and colorful. And I think mm-hmm. its intention was to be a fun movie. Cause again, it's just, we don't see a lot of movies like this with a female led cast that are exactly. loud and bright and colorful and very action heavy. So I was really impressed with a lot of the um, action sequences. Well, I did have some issues with some of like the, the narrative structure around those action sequences, which we'll get into in a minute. Mm-hmm. I did, I did really enjoy some of like the, it kind of felt like John wick. There was this John wick sort of vibe throughout yeah. some of the fight sequences that I enjoyed. And that's interesting. It's funny. Uh, I saw when I was going through the reviews of this movie, like a lot of people were talking about John Wick, which I guess came out around the similar time as this movie. But when I watched it, I got Knives Out vibes, which I loved, which was like more true to the detective comic side of this, where it was a pseudo mystery adventure, I guess. But it was told in such a way that it was broken up, right? And everything, but it's so colorful. And like, I was enthralled with it. Yeah, I do think I totally agree. I didn't I didn't think of that, but there is a definite detective comic vibe where it's very mafia heavy, very dark and gritty, but they approach it in a very fun way. Yeah. But also that's and just I think, me. I yeah. Dumb sometimes and connect dots that aren't even there. <laughs> no, I th- I think that was totally there. I, I think I think that was a really smart point. Um my my favorite part and you kind of touched on this was what they did with Black Mask is because I think he was, I think Ewan McGregor is great. And I think he did a great job of playing this oh, unlikable yeah. dude. And as someone who loves the comics, Black Mask is a pretty prevalent figure throughout a lot of the storylines. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of expecting there to be this to be more of like a Black Mask origin story to kind of be a subplot and that he'd be there throughout yeah. the DCEU now. But mm-hmm. the way that it ended, and so big spoilers, but the way, like, I was not expecting to him to, for him to just get blown up by a grenade at the end in such a... <laughs> it was so, like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was so, like, completely just splattered, and it was so shocking, and I was so unready for it, because I was really, because I don't... Are you... Go ahead. Yeah, because, like, in the in the comic books that I've read his origin stories that his mask gets melted on his face in a fight with Batman. And so I figured they were going to kind of play on that and there was going to be some fire or something and his mask would melt on his face. And then it was going to be like, get ready for a million sequels with black mask. And I was kind of dreading that. And so I was really impressed when it was just kind of this fresh, well, he's dead now, (laughs) which was so unexpected. I, it was so unexpected, and also from a fi- from like the film itself, it shows like you know it shows violence and that stuff, but it never showed like gory violence. And then it ends with like you watching him get blown up, and you're like, "Oh, that's visceral." Yeah, it was so visceral and so I, I don't know. I thought it was so fun. <laughs> it was just it was fun. fun. It fit the movie perfectly. It was like and yeah. confetti. <laughs> I'm like, ah. yeah, it, I really enjoyed it, and I also just. I, I love that, like, obviously this movie, like, there's already a sequel in the works, and I feel like we're going to get several sequels coming off of this, because, again, that's just kind of how the superhero genre works. Mm-hmm. But I loved that it didn't feel like they were, 
like it wasn't like okay get ready for a million sequels it was just it was it didn't feel like a ploy for sequels is what i'm trying to yeah, say yeah it was i really appreciate it was accepting of its own condensed story which is again so rare for this genre which is so so rare <laughs> so so um horny for sequels all the time always and so i i totally i totally enjoyed it um is there anything else that you that you really liked about this movie that we haven't touched on um no nothing not i pretty much like hit all the major points there great i think yeah. it's fun uh, one other it's great it's worth it yeah totally great totally yeah i think it's definitely worth the watch and i think par- part of me is bummed that i didn't get to see this in the movie theater because i feel like this would be a really really fun movie to watch in theaters i feel like it would have been very large very loud very fun because of mm-hmm. how it was set up and i also got to tap tip, tip my hat to margot robbie who i really can't imagine anyone else playing margot or playing harley quinn better than she does right. she really does a good job she does embody that character very well yeah yeah i think yeah it's like the role she was born to play she's she's great and i really got it the casting in this movie was was impressive i thought they did a good job exactly Right, and so let's uh, let's move on and take a fat, steamy dump on some of the bad things in the movie. Yeah. Um, first thing that I want to bring up is um, the most difficult thing in the movie for me was the writing, specifically the dialogue. I thought it was really rough, and feel free to disagree with me. This is a space open for debate, but some of the dialogue felt really computer generated. And before I go on, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I think that that is that is true. There's definitely I think it's more with the scenes where it's not Harley Quinn that the dialogue between the characters did feel very like campy almost and yeah. not in like the way that helped the movie. It just kind of felt like, oh, yeah, these characters are here and they have their own embodiments and it just yeah. kind of fell through there. Yeah, because I think it was tough for them to make a movie around Harley Quinn where these other characters because they didn't want them to feel like surface level characters but they kind of work because they kind of only existed in the action yeah and it, so it was interesting because it, it, it definitely is like we want to make a harley quinn movie but at the same time they wanted to make this an origin movie for the birds of prey yeah but those who kind of like you need it, it they either needed more time or two separate movies yeah yeah i definitely think that that's where they struggled and, you know, again, the action sequences were fun. And I think that action sequences were fun enough to warrant a Birds of Prey movie. But in this kind of starting point, which is something DC obviously struggles with, is getting a, a place to kick off from. Where they, exactly. they just try to do too much in too short a time. But right at the beginning of the movie is just was just an, like an example of how the dialogue really struggled. It's when Harley Quinn's, she's like pole dancing in the, in the Black Mask's club. And the exchange... <laughs> was as follows, where the line was literally, yeah, ride that pole like you ride a man. And then the driver's like, get down off the pole, you skinny slut. And then Harley Quinn says, okay, and breaks the guy's legs. To which he says, you broke my legs. And so, right. I, I don't know. It felt very like GTA 5, you're in the strip club dialogue instead of like yep. a Harley Quinn moment. And like, I'm all for breaking the legs of sexist misogynists, but I just, I just wish it felt more realistic than like oh no you you broke my legs right and that's like one of those good examples of just like it it when it's not harley focused dialogue it's very much like just explaining what's happened verbally or like very yeah. campy which is just it, it hurts the movie 
in those senses, just kind of like, okay, yeah, I heard the snap. I knew what happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like I'm it's a show sure don't tell moment. Together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that 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 was something that I was re- that I I don't know I didn't love throughout the movie. And another thing, I guess, but to that point as well, I don't think the intent of the movie was to win an Academy Award for screenwriting, right? Like they weren't oh, going yeah. for that at the same time. And so I think not. intent is really important to focus on because, right? They were just trying to make this big fun movie, and so. As much as it's easy to get hung up on the writing, I it's hard to get hung up when it was so like clearly the intent was to not <laughs> the writing was not important in the exactly. as important as the process. Yeah, exactly. And so um, another thing that I had an issue with is I had a hard time with the disorienting all over the place storytelling where it just kind of jumped back and forth randomly. What did you feel about that? It's interesting because I actually liked that about it. I think that added another nice spice to superhero movies that we don't usually get, which is like the superhero, like the you follow usually one superhero of the group as they go through things, and either you're jumping back and forth between like while he's doing that, we got to rewind a little bit without explicitly saying that to look about this other guy on superhero teams. Where I liked where it at the point in which someone was introduced in the plot line for the group it would rewind to explain why they're there. And I feel like that was a a nice little twist. So you're not sitting there with someone being like, now, why is she there? Or why are they there? Like what, why, what, what, what game do they have here? And I think they did it. I think they did that good, but I also see what you're saying with superhero movies where they're already a little complex in like just storytelling already to add a disjointed plot is Oh, is a little much sometimes. Well, and I felt I think the, I think here is a good, really good point that it was just again a fresh take on a on a very overused genre narrative. But I think what I had problems with was the fact that like the the main narrative of this movie was very simple, right? Like it's Harley Quinn oh, protecting yeah. this little girl with a diamond inside of her from the black mm-hmm. mask, but like that plot that was driving the movie didn't like start till 47 minutes in when it was like, okay, finally all the exposition is done. Now we can start, which I was kind of like, like I get why they did it, but it kind of was a little exhausting to me. I feel like that also hurt the like movie. Cause I, I, when I was watching it with my partner, right. Who doesn't read comics and is not into superheroes. The first question I wrote for myself to keep in mind when I was watching it was, do you need background knowledge for this? And how often was I filling her in with background knowledge? And one of the key characters that is, I think is proof that they should have like, at least given some backstory to before this movie, maybe a movie of themselves is black Canary and how she's the daughter of Canary who has a, right. a literal muted, mutated superpower, but we don't see that. We get hinted at it uh, for a while, and it's like alluded to uh, until the end of the movie. But for someone who watches reads comics, it's like I know who that is. I know what they can do. Yeah, and you were kind of waiting where for they that are in their plot. Yeah, exactly. Right. But for the audience, it just feels like a Deus Ex Machina almost. So, for your partner, is that how it felt when they saw it? That it was just like, oh. That's convenient. They were surprised. They were genuinely surprised. They were like, oh, I didn't know she could do that. And I'm like, that's exactly oh, the I, point. It's that's, like someone yeah, who's never I'm... seen Superman and suddenly Clark Kent, Clark Kent blocks a bullet. It's like, wait, right. bulletproof? And it's like, 
he's Superman. Yeah, and I do agree that. that superhero movies they rely on context a lot, and because mm-hmm. they totally hinted at it, and I was like, okay, that's a weird Easter egg because like I know, but I never thought about it being exactly. just like that. Kind of just came out of left field. I don't. <laughs> that made no Plus, sense I feel in like terms because would have done really good. Can, Black Canary is considering yeah. like the the subject matter involving her story would have been more prevalent. Right. So it is interesting that they focused on the Harley Quinn or like it was a Harley Quinn movie, I guess, but even in that first little mm-hmm. montage, it might've been helpful to add, but I don't know. I don't know how to do it right, but I, I do think that's a really interesting right? point. It, Cause like the, the cop was like, you kind of got the cop thing and that, that kind of helped with the story being revolved around a, a child who pickpockets. So it's like, okay, I can see that. Well, Huntress, and then they, they really dive into the Huntress's backstory. Yeah. Which I feel like also was kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing, because if I remember correctly, like Huntress was kind of a the running joke in the Marvel in the DC community, where like she was specifically made to make fun of uh, like edgy superheroes with dark backstories, and so that's why right. hers is just totally over exaggerated. Yeah, which kind of fit the movie, but again, like I don't know, it, it might have been with better that with more. that. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that's a really interesting point. I never really considered it from the lens of someone who just is watching this movie because they want to, instead of mm-hmm. feeling obligated because they've read comic books their whole life. Right. And I guess with that point as well, just because I've seen every superhero movie, I, this movie also it, at some point, like the fourth wall thing, did feel a little Deadpooly to me at times, and yeah. if it wasn't used in a way that felt necessary, it just felt like it was used just just to do it. Mm-hmm. Right, because I don't. I guess I haven't read more of the modern Harley Quinn comics, but she's not a character who interacts with the audience very often, right? No, not necessarily. She does kind of give some exposition. So, like the way her stories are told lately have been more of like her. It's almost like she's telling you them herself. Like you're sitting right. in a chair across from her, and the comic books are visualizations of that conversation happening. Yeah, and I'm totally, break, I'm totally but... into that as like the the voiceover narrative I think was great but mm-hmm. it was just like those moments there were so few like like the four moments that she'd look in the camera and say something or just give the camera a look I was it it and felt odd camera. she always winked yeah. at the camera yeah yeah right she'd do a wink and a, and a little smile and it just it, it just felt odd to me because I I don't know I wasn't ready to be a character <laughs> in the universe right I wasn't ready to be where's my paycheck exactly that's what I'm saying and so I did have an issue with that as well. And um, the final thing that I that I wanted to bring up that I had an issue with is some of the narratives surrounding some of these fight scenes, which again goes into kind of the comment that you made that this movie is a Birds of Prey movie and a Harley Quinn movie, and it's kind of difficult to separate those two at some point. Yeah. And it was that scene where they're in the police warehouse and those, I think they were called the Hunters of Gotham, that gang came in to get the little girl, Cassie. Yeah. And... So these they're looking for Cassie, and the boss is like, "Find the girl, kill kill the other one." Like referring to yeah. Harley Quinn. And so there's this moment where this dude comes up, and he has like he's totally strapped. He's got a knife in his pocket. He has a gun, but and like he's not there to fight Harley Quinn. He doesn't care. But mm-hmm. he opts to like do ninja flips and fights with Harley Quinn instead of like shooting her and moving on because of cinematics, right? And so yeah. 
It's just in the universe, it didn't make sense to set up this thing of being like, she doesn't matter, kill her. But then also, we're not going to use our guns and just do hand-to-hand combat because it looks cooler. Yeah, exactly. And that that's something that a lot of superhero movies like falter in. I mean, more often DC falters in that than uh, Marvel does. Because I guess Marvel, I mean, like, there's always a... I hate doing this because Marvel and DC, to me, are two different beasts They're entirely. Very, yeah. Totally. And I'll get into more of that when we get into the reviews we read. Um, but, like, DC tends to have this wanting to be grounded in realism, and yet, at the same time, their superheroes don't show that, necessarily. So, yeah. you have these, you have, you have scenes like that, where someone's strapped, and instead of just going, bang, and moving on, they start doing things that are definitely not the smartest thing to do, especially when you're a trained mercenary. You're like, what are you doing? That's not how that works. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Where I think, and and sometimes when DC gets it right with their whole realism thing, like obviously, like The Dark Knight, I think is the standard Mm -hmm. that everyone's holding every DC movie to, which is tough because, you know, come on. Yeah. So, like, when they get it right, it's fantastic, right? When you have this Gotham City universe, which is just so dark and so gritty. But then it's really difficult to introduce this supernatural. And not have it be like, oh, well, that's weird because I wouldn't see that in the real world. Exactly. Where Marvel like, does a great job of just, again, it's a different thing, oh, yeah. but the great job of like gods and superheroes. And it's a very, it's a very magical universe. Yeah. They were very quick to be like, hey, did you know Thor exists in this universe? Yeah. The the Thor. He's this. Yeah. And so does all of Norse mythology. It's real. And it's like, okay, so yeah. there's not really anything grounding this in our yeah. reality then. It's just whimsical. Exactly. And I mean, like the same, we see the same choreography mistakes, like in the uh, Justice League movie, not the West, not the Anderson cut. Is that the name? Right. Snyder. Um, Snyder cut. Thank you. Not in the Snyder cut. um, But like in the fight scene with Wonder Woman, there's a dude who's behind her with an assault rifle. And instead of just, you know, pulling the trigger, he hits her in the back of the head with a gun. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? You, you had to, you had an easy <laughs> shot, the easiest shot in the world, and you just decided to pull an XCOM 2 moment and just go, Bleh. Yeah, it's very much like, I don't know if you've seen like the, the Muppets movie that came out years ago, but there's this moment in the Muppets movie where Kermit the Frog's like, well, I can't help out, and Amy Adams is like, wow, this is going to be a really short movie. And it's just like, moments like that are very prevalent, I think, in the DC Universe sometimes, where it's just like, well, this could happen, but if it did, it would be a really short movie. So what are we yeah. supposed to do? Which, I mean, it's not putting them into those moments, I guess. But anyway, so those are some of the issues that I had. But overall, also, wait, one more thing. I totally forgot about this. There's In that same sequence, there's this scene where the cop comes in, Montoya comes in, and Harley Quinn kicks her in the face with a phone (laughs) and knocks her out. And I thought that was wild. That was my favorite part of the whole movie because it was so ridiculous. Yeah. So I don't, do you think a phone to the face could, could knock you out? With enough philosophy, I, mean, it, I guess. It depends. I mean, Harley Quinn is a gymnastic like superstar. <laughs> I guess. I just oh, it cracks me up that she just yeeted a phone and that was it. And it they're gone. Like, they're it. out. Yeah. Gone. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. So overall, <laughs> it was really fun and I enjoyed myself. And one of the reviews that I looked at expressed this uh, sentiment that I that I really agreed with, which was like. They gave it a really high rating, but in the review, it was like, do you ever know that you're completely wrong about liking a movie, but you don't care? And so I totally got that where, like, I think objectively this movie isn't good. But 
it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and so like I exactly. liked it, but I, I think I'm I'm not wrong for liking it, but it's not a good movie. It's a movie that right. walks this line of being bad, but being fun at the same time. I feel like it's similar to Pacific Rim, right? Where yeah. you're not watching it for the story. You're not watching it for anything. You're here to see big robots fight big monsters. And yeah, totally. that, that this movie does a similar thing where it's like you're not here to like jump into the DC lore. You're here to watch Harley Quinn be Harley Quinn and have a fun cast with her. Exactly. And yeah, right. They deliver on that so hard. And I think as well, like they deliver on that. And again, just hitting on the point of making a move like a female led superhero movie. I think oh, yeah. they nail it because they don't take themselves too seriously. But also, like the, the the women-led characters are very strong. There's a very strong feminine feminism influence, which is, I think, very impressive. And I think that they absolutely nailed from yeah. my from the perspective of a white man, which I mean, right, <laughs> doesn't mean much. But from my perspective, I thought it was really well done. And honestly, I think if that was like the sacrifice for the story they had to make, people should make that sacrifice more often to make it more into the norm, because that is one of the strongest reasons why I suggest this movie to people not for like, Oh, the plot's amazing or this and that. I'm like, it's a fun movie that empowers women. Yeah. It does it right from what I can tell. Exactly. And so again, as, as two white men, it's hard to, I guess, to be like, this is, (laughs) this is the feminism movie, but right. Right. I guess as someone who is the target audience for most superhero movies, it was refreshing to see, a movie exactly. that I wasn't the target audience for. Exactly. And I can appreciate that. And I will that. say, um, I do have one crit- criticism on that side of the, the feminism movie aspect of it, which was the, the child is a girl, which is like, okay, yeah. But um, she seems to be helpless throughout a lot of the movie until the very end. And she pulls that like really cool move. Right. Um, but in the comics, that's, one of the robins that's a little boy and that's actually turns out to be one of the robins that under batman and i almost feel like it would have been more powerful to see that because now you have a white boy being led and taken care of by uh is it four or three i mean if you it's four if you count harley quinn right there's the huntress there's black canary and then there's montoya right so it's like it'd be more powerful i feel if it's like four badass women protecting a boy from these mob members and everything. And also it tie into the universe a bit easier. I feel. Yeah. that Unless their whole idea is the gender Ben Robin, which I'm also game for. Let's see. That that would actually, I would kind of love that if, because with her current relationship with Harley Quinn, it would be really cool if she somehow got involved with Batman. So I guess who knows? We can't know the future, but I agree that there would have been a really interesting, power in in doing that having this it be like a helpless young boy instead of a helpless helpless young girl but again i can see why it was a predominantly female cast at the same time but i do agree with your point that that could have been interesting so i guess we'll see what happens in the future because yeah i mean we're getting a sequel there's already one in the works i'm so excited for it um and so did you did you come up with a star rating out of five what would you oh for me i would say it's a, a it's a four out of five Really? You give it a high? I love that. I think yeah. <laughs> I think as I was trying to come up with my review, with my star rating, I, which I do a lot when I see movies like this, is I, I have a hard time deciding whether I go with if I liked it, just like if it made me, if I enjoyed it, or if it was a good movie. 
And so <laughs> I think I'd agree with you that if I went with, you know what, did I, did I enjoy this movie? I would say a four out of five, but <laughs> in my experience with it, I gave this movie a two out of five just cause it was, it was fine. It was not my favorite. Yeah. I'm never going to watch it again, but I did enjoy it. And that's fair. And I, I will say, I don't think I would be a proper guest star if I didn't say my catchphrase that I do apparently in every show, which is, I'm fairly, very easily entertained. You could jingle keys in front of me, and I'd be like, the plot, the lore, the depth <laughs> of character. And it's just jingling keys in front of me. I'll just be like, ha So, I'm I'm not well, too hard to please, I guess. I don't know if that's the proper terminology for that, but... Um, yeah, I, 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 that's probably why I gave it four out of five stars. To me, like a five star movie is a is a movie that I am going to either buy or rewatch on a constant basis. So, right. like most of my Ghibli movies, or like Iron Giant or Knives Out, I will watch those constantly and just have those in the background just for fun. But right. like a four star movie is a movie I don't regret going and seeing. I, I know I like that. I like that's a that's a. It's a different perspective than what um, I'm usually <laughs> throwing out there, so it's good because <laughs> I, I feel like I'm pretty hard on yeah. the movies I watch. Is I'm, I'm I mean, very it, it quick to, to knock it down yeah. a peg. I mean, it also comes down to like an expertise. Like you, you're studying film. You're more into this genre, where so it makes sense for you to notice those details and everything. I'm a video game major. I make video games and stuff, so I tend to be more critical on video games than I am anything else. Right. Um, but it just comes down to that is like what your background also has a play in it. So totally, yeah. totally. The whole like, and so you also comparing different things. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you, you also, you found a review for us today. So if you would like to present yeah. that, I would be delighted. Yeah. And this review I picked out because it specifically goes into some things that I was like, this is why I'm a little irked at some of the reviews for this, which was, this one specifically kept quoting uh, or comparing this movie to different Marvel movies. <laughs> and uh, that is that one of my biggest pet like, peeves. Yeah. That to me just infuriates me because it's like comparing a granny Smith apple to a red apple. Like, yes, they're both superheroes and yes, they're both apples, but you, even if you were blindfolded and you took a bite from each, you could tell there's a difference. And like yeah. the whole idea of Marvel movies is there a Marvel and the whole idea of DC comic movies is their detective movies in a way. And so totally, yeah. there were just some aspects that I was like, every time he compares it to like John wick or like the Avengers movie, I was like, that's completely different. That had some completely yeah. different yeah. funding behind it and everything. And I was just like, come on, dude, <laughs> like compare it to something that's yeah. a bit more in its genre. I feel. Yeah. I that's oh, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah, right. And I will say, I think he's correct, though, in the Harley Quinn aspect was the strongest aspect of the movie. Not wrong. They really did, like, focus on that, and I don't think that was a bad thing to do. Um, But the other characters, you know, they kind of fell to the side a little bit. And I feel like if they had their own kind of, like, movie, they would be more appreciated. I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that the reviewer is definitely right there. But at the same time, I mean, mm -hmm. you can't, you can't present... I guess you could just do a ballpark out of nowhere birds of prey movie and it would probably be fine. But I think using Harley Quinn to introduce it was a really smart idea. And cause I think at the end, like mm -hmm. the fact that she just kind of bails was funny, right? It was humorous. And so I think at, to some extent, yeah. like, yes, they took the, the sideline, but also now they exist in the universe and can do what they will. 
Exactly. Give them their own kind of character uh, range and everything. Harley Quinn already has, like, what, six teams that she's in now? <laughs> Even right, in the yeah, comics, she is... has, like, in so many different things. Right, and this is already, this. is this the second movie that she's in in like three years and she's and there's another like there's another suicide squad coming out in a couple months yep like harley quinn has her representation so we, like we yeah, might as well use her exactly. as a vehicle to bring in other female superheroes and she even is represented in her own tv show which is also fantastic I totally, yeah just yeah yeah I, f- I forgot about yeah so she's everywhere she's huge right now and so i think i think it was a smart mm-hmm. and strategic move by DC to use her as a vehicle to introduce these other characters. Oh, for sure. Because I think they're less known characters as well, right? Like they're really oh, not yeah. at the forefront of anybody's mind. I mean, Black Canary is known. Her mother is more known in the DC universe than she is. And like, no one knows 100%. the, like the full plot of her and everything. And it's like, yeah, no, her mother gets killed uh, for racist reasons. And so it's like, ah, that's an inter- that's a much more interesting story to her than just like I'm a singer for a mob guy and then I go into and join this badass girl squad, like yeah. There's more. And so depth- you know, maybe I, I keep picking on that character because I'm like they they could have done so much with this one in particular. <laughs> I think you're right, and I, I guess that's maybe you know maybe like they're saving that story for a setting where they can do it justice instead of yeah brushing over it but i i agree that that character there's a lot of depth with that character that is seemingly missed and i guess we won't i guess we won't really know which is the other thing which is interesting with superhero movies is you never really know how it's going to end up because there's always going to be another one yeah right so that's great was there anything else from that review that you wanted to to touch on or uh no i mean he brought he compared logan to harley quinn but in a good light and i was a little like okay that's another the uh, Marvel versus DC crossover thing, but I guess I guess I saw it. He was comparing like how you got to see Harley Quinn's like softer side and everything, and I'm just like, it it, it makes sense in the movie context because I need to oh I need to keep reminding myself to take myself out of Harley Quinn's comic book context because Harley Quinn's always been right. a sympathetic person that got corrupted by the Joker. Yeah, I, um, I wouldn't have made but, that pull like, either. Yeah, but like the, for movie audiences and those who aren't enveloped in the comic book world this is one of the first times they do get to see her be sympathetic in a way outside of suicide squad and so so for some people that's surprising and for me i'm like good we finally get to see this because she is more sympathetic right so yeah i think that's a good point awesome well i appreciate Mm -hmm. you finding that review i did not find a review because i didn't want to and it's my show so i can do what i want um we're gonna move on there you go to uh guess the tagline of the movie so based on what this movie is about i figured that the tagline would have to be something like kicking ass never looked so good or maybe something like gotham's for the girls now which i which it could be that but also i could see them trying to go in a different direction because it's not this token right. feminism movie but that that would be my guess because i feel like tagline writers are usually pretty um surface level yeah so what, what would I you guess like they want to do a pun I'm trying to think like they I feel like they would have done a pun like or some some dumb pun, you know, like tweet tweet motherfuckers. <laughs> something, something like that. Something totally like, something that. like that. Well, let's find I out. I just here. I, it feels like it would be more of like a pun in that aspect, but would that be disrespectful to the whole idea? 
That's I what I mean. Like and it's it's just uh, oh here they did do a pun, but it's unexpected. So the taglines, uh, one of them is "Pray for Gotham" with a P R E Y like birds of prey, which I think love it. That's the pun. Mm-hmm. That's the pun. Which to- mind yeah. over mayhem was another one. Um, mayhem at its finest. And then finally, Gotham's worst brings out their best. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty good. So I, I was super close. I feel like I feel like I got the Gotham in there. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm I glad they didn't go good. with the madness one because that one implies Joker is going to be in it, and I I loved that Joker was not in it. Oh, it was so nice that he was not in there. I was I because I didn't know going in. I wasn't sure if he was going to be there or not. But then when it just kind of got to the point where he wasn't a part of the story anymore, I was like, wow, I'm so glad that we didn't see him. Right. Because, you know, he's... It was a relief. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, finally. he's a tough character to pull off. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. Great. Well, that's uh, that's Birds of Prey. Um, next, we're going to move on to Geek Film Predict, where we're going to take a guess and we're going to see where Boss Baby 2 is coming out July 2nd, which isn't Boss Baby the strangest franchise that's seemingly never gonna die right i didn't see the movie but my cousins did and they all loved it and i'm just like should i watch it and i I, just never find myself to have time or the energy to see it yeah and i've I've never seen the first one but there's there's an original one called boss baby and then there's also a television series called the boss baby back in business yeah and now we got boss baby 2 which is just called the boss baby 2 and I'll read you yep. the synopsis here. It's the Templeton brothers have become adults and drifted away from each other. I don't know who those people are. But a new boss baby with a cutting edge approach is about to bring them together again and inspire a new family business. So are the babies adults now? Yeah. So from what I understood from, I think I watched like a summarization or a joke video on it. From what I understood, babies come from the Storks, which is a company that turns adults into children to help benefit a family oh. and start a business income of some sort. And so this kid gets a brother unexpectedly, and he discovers that he's a walking, talking adult baby who has a suit and a business, <laughs> and he gets him involved in it, uh. and it's like a whole like family bonding kind of movie. Um, but then, of course, they both grow up because you can only turn into a boss baby once, I guess. Right. Um, but then in the sequel movie, we find out that the oldest brother's daughter is in the business and she has a new business idea. So strange. Well, you know, the first one I think is sitting at a 6.3, if I'm not wrong on IMDb, which isn't awesome. But, um, I can't imagine that the sequel is going to be any better than the original. So my guess is that it's going to be sitting around a 5.2 by by next Saturday on IMDb. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say? I want to go What's a little guess? higher. I want to say 5.8. 5.8. You know, I think you could it's going right. to be like close to what the first <laughs> one was. Right. Maybe a bit more relatable because it does seem like it's a boomers versus millennial ideology yeah, yeah. kind of movie maybe which maybe was it's gonna be what, a hit cars 4 i think did that and that was surprisingly great you're right cars 3 right yeah Is there cars 3 yeah it was pretty good how many cars were there were there three only three cars i think there's only I think three there yeah cars 1 was fun 
and two is just Cars a joke, two was but atrocious. three actually. And then Cars I was, 2 brought it back. I was so surprised with Cars 3. I was like, oh, wow, that was a deep and compelling story. I yeah, did not I expect was, that. I was not expecting to feel as much either. <laughs> but um, yeah, all right, it's 5.8. I've been notoriously, notoriously quite bad at this, so you could be very right. So next week, we will check in and see how it goes. Um, great. Well, I, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us today um next week i'm watching blade and so uh i'm excited for that if anyone wants to kind of join this weird book movie club that i've set up by myself um you can come and you can watch blade and come listen to what i have to say about that uh if you have any comments questions any movies that you want to review want me to review if you ever want to be on the show you can find me on twitter at underscore underscore luke jackson or you can send me an email at luke.jackson at the geekwave.com max where can people find you if they want more of you if they want more of me i will i am part of the geek wave uh streaming service we are, we have a twitch stream the geek wave on twitch and i just i stream either some random battle royale or indie game i found if you ever looking to get into games and you're you doubt that i could find a game for you I'm always ready to jump on that challenge. I'm also on Twitter at J Maxwell Hartley on Twitter. Um, I post a bunch of 3d printing projects that I do. Cause I'm also a 3d printing maniac and yeah, just do a bunch of nerdy content for the geek wave. Love that. Yeah. So go check that out. If you have a minute, I think it'll be well worth your time. Uh, great. Yeah. So I'm going to leave our listeners with the wise words of a letterbox reviewer named Sri who uh, commented on this film and said, I shaved my balls for this? Um, For Geek (laughs) Film Critic, I'm Luke Jackson. Thanks for listening.